What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Booth Review covering the XFL. As always, I'm your host, Devin Primrose, joined by the Sultan of Spice, Mr. Peter Strauss. What's going on, man? I don't have a maraca. I'm just shaking my Gatorade, I guess. Um, <laughs> I have some tootsie rolls, too. No, uh, going good. My cat was running around behind me during the intro, so I had to mute my mic, but he's still running around. Who knows what he's doing, that crazy cat. But I am fantastic. Yeah. Ready to talk about some wild finishes, I feel like, in XFL this week. Yeah. Had some, uh, had some really good games, surprisingly. I mean... I thought that um, I wasn't expecting as some of the games to be as good as they were, especially the Orlando Vegas game, um, which I I feel like the commentators overhyped that game because they were like, "Oh, this has been so exciting and so like such a great atmosphere." And it's like, hold on a second, this has been bad football. It's just been a close game. Like it was not. It was not like you're watching great football take place on that field. It was a close game because neither team wanted to win. That's what happened. It wasn't like like you. I I know you remember this game, but the Kansas City Los Angeles Rams game from I want to say it was 2018. It was 54 51. Yeah, that was like the year that everybody like. That's when Patrick Mahomes arrived, and somehow Jared Goff led the Rams to a Super Bowl that year. Um, but that game was fantastic. And it was because you were watching great offensive play from both teams and great defensive play from both teams. It wasn't like, you know, one team was just dominating uh, or, or they were both dominating on one side of the ball. It was, listen, the defenses are playing lights out as well. They're just playing powerhouse offenses. This was not the case uh, in, in Vegas and Orlando. Just these two teams, just neither team wanted to win. It was like, let's just keep scoring because we're just going to let you walk into the end zone. And it, like... You can do whatever you want to us from both sides. It was just bad. It was bad football, but it made for exciting TV. So I'll take it. Yeah. So that goes into my best of the booth, which was just this game for exceeding expectations in pretty much every way. Like, even if it wasn't good football, it was more exciting than anyone thought it would be. Right. It was higher scoring than anyone thought it would be. I mean, we laughed at that over under last week of 42 points and i mean they were both less than 10 points away from that like by themselves right the most points either team has scored um quinton dormity out of nowhere coming in for paxton lynch 22 of 25 for 256 and two touchdowns no interceptions that dude was a monster this game out of nowhere um big part of that also wide receiver cody latimer Eight receptions for 124 yards. Mm. I want to say one of the largest uh, largest wide receiver days of the year so far. Um, and that's the losing team. That's yeah. the team that lost. <laughs> they got 32 points. Luis Perez, I think, submitting himself as the starter. They went kind of back and forth between him and Hunley. But uh, 20 of 28 for 269. Three touchdowns. Also no picks. Um, with Jeff Bidette seeming to be coming out as their wide receiver one, five receptions, 80 yards, and two of those touchdowns. Yeah. Just where have the off these offenses been all year? Playing good defenses. 
not playing possibly, each other. Possibly, possibly. <laughs> You're probably right. But this is just one of those. I got to give credit where credit's due. There was obviously some other great performances this weekend, but yeah. those are kind of from players like Ben Denucci and you know Abram Smith. Like Abram Smith had a monster game, and I'm sure we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are kind of people that we, at this point in the XFL season, expect these kind of performances from. Right. Whereas these two teams have showed nothing all year, and then they made the most of playing the worst defenses. I'll say that. So yeah, I'm just going to give all these guys, especially the quarterback to wide receiver duos there, best of the booth. It's, it's crazy because I remember on last week's episode, I talked about how this had the highest over-under of the weekend and how I didn't think that that was even possible for these two teams to get there. And lo and behold... Uh, they certainly got there. I think the over/under was set at forty-two, and they, they mm-hmm. scored what, like almost seventy combined points. Um, yeah, thirty-two, thirty-five, so sixty, sixty-seven. Yeah, sixty-seven. I mean, it blew the over/under out of the water. Um, so, uh, yeah, credit, credit to both teams for showing up and and playing and acting like they actually want to get a win. Um, but man, it, it it doesn't change my opinion of either team. At all, because I still thought the Orlando Guardians would lose, which they did because they're a garbage team, and the Vipers managed to beat the worst team in the league. So, congrats, you're still placed exactly how I would have put you anyways. Seven and eight, because you're both the garbage poop of the league. Um, uh, you're so. going to be mad at me when we get the power rankings. So. That's fine. <laughs> Again, fun game, but not good football, and, you know, it is what it is. Like, it doesn't change my opinion of these teams at all. <laughs> right. Well, Who you got for best of the booth over there? For my best of the booth, I'm switching it up on you, and this will actually lead in well to your under-review, um, because I know who your under-review is, which is why I was going to have you go best of the booth first anyway, so it worked out exactly how it was supposed to. Uh, but for my best of the booth... You know, we've talked a lot about some of the big names, especially quarterback play, and and like the top-tier defenses that are out there. I don't think we've mentioned a lot of skill positions. And so this week, I'm going with a running back, and I'm going with Abram Smith of the D.C. Defenders, who you just mentioned, because he had a monster day this weekend. 23 carries. 218 yards, which is just under 10 yards per carry. It's 9.5 yards per carry with three touchdowns. He could do anything he wanted on the ground. Te'amu and Derek King didn't have to do anything in the passing game because Abram Smith put the team on his back against a very good Battle Hawks defense and led them to, to a victory. This team stays undefeated because simply they can rush the ball and nobody else can. Uh, when you look at the, the rushing yards... Um, in the XFL, Houston is, or not Houston, uh, DC has almost twice as much as any other team, which is ridiculous. Like, you would think that, okay, we know what this team's doing every single game. We're just going to game plan to stop it. But through five weeks, half the season, nobody's been able to do it. Now, I will say, the the matchup that we've all been waiting for is coming this weekend between Houston and DC. And if there's a team out there that can do it, it's the Houston Roughnecks. So that'll be a ton of fun to watch. But 
hats off to Abram Smith. I mean, absolutely killed it. Killed it for DC. Yeah, uh, Jordan Te'amu, uh 12 for 18 for 90 yards, and Derek King threw one pass that was incomplete. So, yeah, they didn't need him. Didn't matter. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, no touchdowns or turnovers by either of those guys either. Um, yeah, the props to that offensive line, too. They opened up Definitely. some huge holes, and I know he had two. One was 70 yards. The yep. other, I want to say, was 50 or 60, but he had two long runs for touchdowns and was still a workhorse on top of that so yeah i was gonna say still like if he had a 70 and a 50 that's still 120 yards you take that away still getting 100 yards outside of those two so it's not like he had you know one lucky play or maybe even two lucky plays guy guy was putting in work guy was putting in work you could tell at the at the very end of the game i remember like it seemed like they were you know they're trying to run out the clock and so abram smith was just running the ball every play and they're like oh he's at 197. Oh, he's at 201. Oh, he's back down to 199. And you can just tell he was like, don't bench me. I'm staying over 200. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he did get all the way up to 218 and secured the win. Secured the win over uh, the Battle Hawks. Um, I don't know if you have any other points you want to make before I go to my under review. No, let's let's hear it. It's such a perfect transition. Let's hear it. What what you got? So I thought. I was going to be more upset with a Brahma's loss this week uh, than a Battlehawks loss. But how the Battlehawks lost, where the whole game, it just felt like they weren't in it. And so I'm putting the entire team, entire teams are going under my microscope this week, and the Battlehawks are definitely under review here. Yeah. Again, the defense letting up two huge runs for touchdown. And I know, like, not taking anything away from that, but, like, to let two of those runs go and that crowd, when you have 40, like, almost 40,000 people again in your yeah. stadium, like, the energy just of the team just didn't match the fans. Like, the only guy on the Battlehawks that I was like, this guy wants to win is, uh, my thing's not working to switch the stats over. There we go. Um, Darius Shepard, who had three kickoff returns for 155 yards. Like, it wasn't like they were not able to move the ball or get good field position. Like, the Battlehawks had good field possession every time, basically, they had the ball. And they just couldn't move it. Um, AJ McCarron had a decent game, 22 for 34. 236, two touchdowns, one pick. Their running game was fine. Um, but Brian Hill had a couple drops. Hakeem Butler, despite his nine reception, 86 yard game, um, he had a few drops as well. It just, I don't know. It just felt like this team didn't want it. After what happened in DC just two weeks ago, you would think that they would be fired up. And and I think that's what I expected too. And I think that's why I was so disappointed because I was like, like, um, is it a Family Guy sketch where he has like the stick and he's like poking? Come on, do something! <laughs> like you know what I'm talking I know, about. I know what you're talking like, about. Yeah, that's that's what this game felt like. Was it just Abram Smith and the defenders were able to do whatever they wanted, and yeah. the the Battlehawks just laid down and took it? Yeah, like, that's all I can say about that. I mean, I was looking up the uh, official attendance number, and they had almost. They had over twenty five hundred more people 
this week than they did um, last week in their home opener. Uh, they had 35,868 people in attendance to watch their team lose uh, because the team wasn't responding, like you said, to, to that to that crowd um, energy. And that is a little disappointing. Um, but, I, you know, at the end of the day, like, again, this is another game that it doesn't overly change my mind about either of these two teams. Um, it was still a, a fairly close game. Um, it came down to the wire. It was one, one possession at the end. Um, so, you know, if St. Louis does a couple of things differently, maybe it goes their way. Um, and so it doesn't, it doesn't change what I think of them. I still think they're a very good team, uh, just like D.C. I think D.C. is an, an excellent team. Um, and these, these two, in my opinion, are... I was going to say these two are, are, are the best in the North, but that's tough because of Seattle. Seattle makes a big case. Um, and I will say that this team, this team is like, this game is, is what Seattle needed. Um, halfway through, through the season, Seattle's sitting at three and two now. St. Louis is sitting at three and two. So which one of them is going to make the playoffs? It's going to be a fun, fun watch down the stretch over the next five weeks um to see who, who who can get it done but like i said it doesn't doesn't change my opinion i mean i think i think dc's established that they're definitely the best team in the north um and it's just up to seattle and st louis to duke it out as to who's going to be the second best um so two two games against dc st louis has put in a good effort and a good attempt both times um and if they happen to make it to a third time I wouldn't be surprised if they if they could sneak out a win o- over DC, but I don't know. DC just looks dominant at this point over everybody, yeah. over everybody, which is which is crazy because I don't, I still don't think they have like a lights out offense. They just, it's just old school pound the rock football that they're getting it done, and the, and the defense has been incredible. Yeah, DC anybody on that team can run the ball, and it's like, what do we do against that? Yeah. So, yeah. But exactly. Yeah, I don't know, man. It was just watching that game, and maybe my expectations for it were too high. I don't know, but watching yeah. that game, it just felt like they weren't in it. And I'm like, how in the biggest crowds the XFL has ever had can you? Yeah. Not have your like heart in this game. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, for my under review, I'm switching it up. Uh, this has happened a handful of times in the uh, NFL edition of Booth Review, where we've taken a winning team and still placed a member of that team under review. And that's what I'm doing this week. And <laughs> I feel like, based off me saying that, you know who I'm going to. Um, I, I but, have a guess. But maybe not. I'm going after Mr. Ben DiNucci. And here's my reasoning. In a game where you're literally squaring off against your biggest opponent in the MVP race. He kind of floundered out there. Like he wasn't terrible, but 17 of 32, which is 53%, is pretty bad throwing. 209 yards, one touchdown, and three picks. Three picks. Uh that's that's awful. Now I get it. Houston Houston's a great defense. Like we we've said all season this team I mean, outside of the defenders is probably the second best defense in the league. I would argue at times looks even better defensively than than the defenders do. Um, so he had a very very tough task against that team. Um, but you look at what Brandon Silvers did on the other side. 
would argue that it was better, but he's but like they still couldn't move the ball. Um, just imagine how much how much more they would have beat uh, Houston by if Danucci was efficient, if he could just hold on to the ball, if he stopped turning the ball over, stopped giving it back to Houston to to see what they can do, which was nothing. Um, but I just feel like. This is the biggest game of Seattle season, and this is probably the worst Danucci's looked. Um, and so that's why, like, that's why I still, still cannot fully trust this team is because because of this. Now, it didn't matter in the end. They still got the win. A lot of that is due to the excellent defensive play. They had a fantastic day defensively. They shut down uh, Houston's dominant offense. Um, played incredibly well got got three sacks on brandon silvers two strip sacks so hats off to to seattle's defense it's just one of those things that like if their defense which has been known at times this season to not be there ends up not showing up that day i just can't fully trust Danucci yet to get the job done and it's because of performances like this so just just Show me a little more, Danucci. Like when you're playing good teams, step up and play good. Uh, don't don't let the the good teams get the better of you. And I think that's what happened this week. So yeah. I'm not like I'm not mad at you. I'm not like saying you're terrible, you're <laughs> awful. Like you gotta you know turn things around. You're doing okay. Just be a little bit better. Just be a little bit better. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. It just it kind of seemed like there were some communication issues happening all game with Danucci. Yeah. And I don't know if it was with the coordinator, his receivers. Like I know one of those picks was Josh Gordon cut early and then Danucci threw long. And right. I don't know if yeah. Danucci read the play wrong or if Josh Gordon ran the wrong route. I don't know if you see the footage of Josh Gordon on that play, but like as soon as he turned and then looked back and like he didn't even like sprint towards the player to try to tackle him. He was just like, Well, yep, that's pick. And yeah. just like walked away um but no yeah i i get that there uh it was just a weird game for him hopefully he bounces back you know as a lifelong ben denucci fan um i'd love to see him <laughs> succeed um they still got the win which yeah still uh i think in the standings only half a game behind st louis no they're tied with st louis well st louis has the head-to-head Oh, I didn't remember that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. St. Louis has the head-to-head, so I think technically, if the if the season ended today, right? Yeah, St. Then, Louis gets in. Um, they 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 play again, I believe, later on. Uh, uh sure when. you are. Probably, I think I think week nine. Should yeah, week nine. Yeah, week nine in St. Louis. That'll be a good one. Well, this kind of goes good into my legit or counterfeit then. All if right. we're ready well, for that. What we got? What we got? I just we're halfway through the season. Yeah. And I feel like this is always a good point to ask. If the season ended today, are the four best teams in the playoffs? Those four teams would be the DC Defenders and the St. Louis Battlehawks from the north. Right. And the Houston Roughnecks. And the Arlington Renegades from the South. Well, that's an easy no, but that's just because the Renegades don't belong. They just happen to play in a division with the Brahmas and the Vipers. So, you know. So, if, what if, if, me, if there was me... no if there was no conferences or divisions, I guess, 
and it was just the four best, it should be D.C., Houston, Seattle, St. Louis. Those are the four best. That's not the order, but uh, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, those those are the four best, though. And I don't think that Arling- like Arlington is the best of the worst, probably. Although... I- I still want to. I still want to say San Antonio, man. It's just San Antonio keeps letting me down. They keep. No, they I, keep upsetting me. Um, I, I'm. I'm, off. I'm. I'm. I'm getting there with you. And like I said, we'll get. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but I just think the talent level of the Brahmas is better than the Renegades. They just can't. Like they're something's missing. Like it's not. It's not there. Um, and and that could go back to. The coaching that we've discussed before, Heinz Ward being a brand new coach, uh, Bob Stoops having years of experience at, at the college level. So I think that probably is what it boils down to. But the Renegades are not one of the four best teams. So to answer your question, no. The, the best four teams are not in, not making the playoffs. But I'll say this. Yeah. I'll say this. the best two, The best two from each division... Probably is. That's tough. It's tough. It's tough saying St. Louis is better than Seattle. I think those two, man, you could put either one of those two in. I think they deserve it. Um, that's what's going to make the next five weeks so fun is that race in particular because the South, the yeah. South is done. It doesn't like it. Like Vegas has no shot. Uh, and and well, Vegas actually. Vegas is in, nor- Vegas in the is north. north so they definitely so have no shot. The, the Brahmas have no shot, and the Guardians have absolutely no shot. Less than yeah. no shot. Whatever that, a negative shot. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it's the Roughnecks and the Renegades that are going to be playing in the South uh, Championship. And then in the North, it's absolutely going to be. Um, DC, DC, and then I mean, one of the other. They're two. only they're only two games ahead, so anything can happen. But the defenders sure, don't sure, look like Pete. they're slowing down anytime soon. <laughs> anything can happen. We'll go with anything that. can happen. <laughs> a two game lead with five to play is is that's that's a pretty good lead. It's a pretty good lead. I mean, what what but, do you what do you think? No, I'm. I'm there with you, and I was thinking in my head, like, what if it wasn't north and south? What if it was east and west? But it would still put, uh, it would because east would be the defenders, the guardians, the battle hawks, and the renegades. No, Ooh. roughnecks. Roughnecks would be further east, so that would still sure. be they're pretty. The I mean, defenders. Pretty the renegades would still get in. Is my point. I can't break up the divisions in a way where the Renegades don't get in. I mean, you, so. you could put the Renegades in the East over the Roughnecks. They're, I mean, it's 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 close, man. They're pretty much on top Houston's, of each other. Houston's further East than... Not by Arlington. much, though. Not by much. It's, it's, it's close. <laughs> you look at a map of Texas, like... I mean, it's almost like due south from Dallas that you're going four hours to get down to Houston. So it's 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 no close. no no. We did this drive, Devin. We I know we did. There. We stopped in Houston on the way to Arlington. Yeah, but so, but we but it's just because the way we entered Texas, we drove, we went down and then straight as up could, <laughs> as fast as we could away from Houston. From Absolutely, an awful place. 
the city and the venue when Devin and I were in a band. Uh, if you want to psych yourself out, uh, look up Super Happy Funland in Houston, Texas, and imagine us playing a show there. Uh, and if you're in a band, just book a show there just for the experience. Yeah. Just do it for the experience. Like yeah, don't think... don't do it expecting uh, anything good to happen, but do it for the experience. <laughs> Getting off track here. Regardless, <laughs> all I know was that we went through Houston to get to Dallas. And right. Therefore, right. But again, Houston is further east than Dallas. It's because of the way that we routed it to where we entered to go to Houston first, and then went straight up to Dallas. So, uh, listen, this is not a geography podcast, but there, <laughs> I think no, you, I think you might be right that Houston is technically the slightest bit more east, but it's not by much. That's all I'm saying. I mean, also, you can put conferences wherever you want, I guess. I mean, Indy's, uh, 100%. In, the, Indy, Indy's in the south, so. <laughs> the, the, uh, what's the, what's the weirdest one? Uh, Dallas is technically in the NFC East, which is like, this is, this is dumb. Yeah. When you have, you know, the Panthers and the Falcons and even the Saints and the Bucks that are all like much further east it's dumb but you know what they should do they should just put the cowboys in the afc south and then put the colts in the nf in the nfc east it would make a little more sense yeah it's just like the way the way that they align divisions is so stupid but it's because of history that's what it comes down to it's like the cowboys have a rivalry with the with the eagles and the uh the commanders and the giants. So we got to keep those teams together. And it's like, well, this is like, it's dumb to call it the East, but whatever. Sure. We'll go with it. And then you got the dolphins in the same division as the Patriots jets and bills. It's like you're making us travel, you know, a thousand miles every time we play a division game. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing, and we're definitely off track here, but (laughs) Seattle, like, Seattle travels the most out of yeah. any, especially yeah. last year when they went to Germany. But yeah, well, let's uh, let's hit our power rankings real quick. I feel like we're gonna have the same team in eighth. Uh, are you still? Do you still have the Guardians in eighth? I do still have the Guardians yeah, there. Makes sense. This, despite them playing better than one Listen, other team, Pete, in my opinion, this Pete, week. Pete, we, we don't but... have, we don't have to explain ourselves. They're, they're garbage <laughs> team. They're gonna be eighth all the way through week ten. It's just what it's gonna be. So. Who you got in seventh? I had to, I had to punish the Brahmas. I did um, too. I put them at seven. I had to punish the Brahmas. I gave them an ultimatum. <laughs> I stared at this camera without my glasses on, and I told them that I would lose it, and I have lost it. <laughs> I am off the Brahma train. I am yeah. a lifelong Seattle Sea Dragon fan. Danucci for life. Um. <laughs> No, it's just they have that talent there, and they're doing diddly squat with it, and not even yeah. against good teams. Like the Renegades are not good. Their their offense and, their offense is a mess right now. They they tried switching it up and putting an implementing a new offensive coordinator over uh, Jaime Elizondo, I think was his name. I don't even remember. I put him under review. I don't remember what his name was. Um, and switched over to to Jimmy Johnson. Not that Jimmy Johnson, a different Jimmy Johnson, um, but it's it's there's it's there's something still missing. Like they don't 
you you will watch this team and you'll see flashes of the talent that they have, and then you'll see just a bunch of garbage. And it's like, yeah. what's going on here? Like something's not quite there. Something's not right. It's it's very similar to um, I'd say it's pretty similar to the Panthers in the USFL last year, where it's like, and and that was a team that actually had a decent head coach. I say decent. Jeff Fisher's decent. Um, yeah, and it's like the definition team, of mid. Right. This team. You you can see the talent that's there, and when you watch them, they look like they're doing good, and then they just turn into a pile of garbage. It's like, what's going on here? Like, something's not clicking, and that's my problem with the Brahmas, and I'm with you. I had to put them at seven this week. Yeah. Um, Six, because the Brahmas fell down, I put the winning team of the worst teams, which was the Vipers. Same. Um, I mean, the, the offense looked good. They... Luis Perez looked good. Yeah. Um, we'll see what happens when they play another real team next week, I assume. Uh, but for right now, they get a bump up to six. Yep. Yep. And I, for, for the exact same reason, they finally got a win. And so, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll move you up a spot. Um, and, and, like, this is another team that has shown some flashes at times. You look at the Brett Hundley game from a couple weeks ago. It's like, okay. Maybe they've got something there. And then you look at what they did this week against a bum team. Uh, it's just, it's not all clicking at the same time. Um, so maybe they can yeah. get, maybe they can get something brewing. Uh, they, they don't have a shot in the North anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens down the stretch. Uh, at five, I had to put the Renegades. Yeah. Is that where you got them? I'm not happy about it. Yeah. yeah. I'm not happy about it. It feels it feels weird placing a three and two team at five, um, but they're also not a good three and two team, and I don't think that they're that much better than the, the three teams below them. Um, but they're they're winning games somehow, and that's more than yeah. I can say about the other three. I mean, nobody above them has a better record than them, so you know that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Even though, again, only you and me can see this, but I wrote the wrong record for the Renegades because I thought there's no way that they won three games. But it did happen. They have. It's happened. Again, <laughs> it I, I don't know how, uh, but but they're doing it. So here's, I think the, the top four is where we're, it's going to get interesting. Who you got in the fourth spot? In the fourth spot, I have the Battlehawks. Um, they okay. actually did not move from last week. That is where I had them last week. That's where and I had them as well. Where they are this week. Yeah. Um, again, just like they had the talent and it was win or lose for them. And it just feel like felt like they didn't want it. So uh, I yeah. just didn't see a reason to move them. I know they're not worse than the Renegades. And I know they're not better than the... I mean, I know they beat the Sea Dragons head-to-head earlier in the year, but... The last few weeks, the Sea Dragons have been yeah, hot. I'm with so. you for for all the same reasons. Um, that's that's why I've got them at four. Uh, I think that they're clearly better than the four below them, but maybe just a step behind the three above. Um, so yeah, that's why I slide them into the four spot. Three. I think this is my, this might surprise you. At three, I've got the Houston Roughnecks. You say that. But that's what I did too. <laughs> it's it's weird, man. Like I don't, 
I don't think this Roughnecks team is bad. I, I do think a lot of what happened this week is they played on Thursday night. It was a short week. You know, you only play on, on, on four days of rest, which that's tough. I mean, go ask any NFL team yeah. that plays on a short week. Like, it's not easy to turn around from playing on Sunday and go play on Thursday. Um, and, in fact, a lot of NFL players hate it and want it out of the game. But as a fan... I say nay, nay. Let's keep it going. Um, <laughs> more football is always better, but yeah, it, it doesn't. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't change my opinion of Houston. Um, I could still make an argument that they're better than Seattle, but Seattle got the win, so I had to put Houston at three. Yeah, um, and I, I think we're starting to see. Not necessarily holes in Houston's like like team. I think it's more so the defense of the Sea Dragons have started to develop. Right. And we thought the defenders being one dimensional was going to hurt them, and it has not yet. So I just think, in my opinion, that those two teams are better. So I just dropped the roughnecks for now. We'll see what happens as the season goes on. Yeah. They still have the second best record, but yeah, I just think we had a late bloomer, and my number two team, Ben DiNucci and the Seattle Sea Dragons, up to number two. They are on a three-game win streak. Their defense is showing up. Ben DiNucci fell back a little bit this week, but the Houston Roughnecks is probably the second or third best defense in the league. So I think he will bounce back after he has some words with uh, Josh Gordon and about maybe what Josh Gordon, if he's smoking too much and he's not paying attention to his routes. I don't know. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Regardless. I, this is, uh, this is, I think this is the second time it's happened this year, but we have the exact same power rankings. I have Seattle at two also. Uh, and, and it's uh, the only reason why is because they got the win over Houston, because I, I don't think they're necessarily a better team, but they're maybe technically playing better right now. And I'm with you. I don't I don't think we're seeing holes in Houston. I just think that we're kind of seeing the league balance itself out, if that makes sense. You know, this is a league that did there was no preseason. There was no preseason games to for these teams to get, you know, accustomed to each other. And I remember them talking about that in the USFL last year, where it's like probably by week three, week four, we'll start to see team's true colors. And I think that's what happened with Seattle. Like DC and Houston just came out the gate swinging, which is awesome but seattle it took a little bit of time and now they're coming around balancing it out you're starting to see okay this team actually is very good um so yeah put them at two for now and obviously yeah. that leaves the best team in the league the dc defenders at, at number one. Oh, man it feels weird calling them the best team i'd still i don't believe that team is <laughs> the best team that's like if you're gonna be that one-dimensional on offense there's no way you can be called the best team in the league in my opinion but you're five and oh you're perfect you're, for now uh we'll see when that first loss comes it just feels feels dirty calling that team the best i mean just that defense is unstoppable going back to the roughnecks for just a yeah. second yeah yeah I do want to point out that their 4-0 start were against the Guardians twice, Ooh. the Renegades, and the Brahmas. Ooh. So maybe this was Roughneck's real first test, and maybe they're not as good as we thought. Just maybe, something to but, look out for maybe, as but the defensively, I mean, you, you, you could be right, especially on the offensive side. Defensively, I'm going to disagree with you hard because they... 
if you look at what they did to those teams, they completely like shut them down. Which yeah. I, I get it, like those teams aren't that good, but they like they couldn't do anything offensively against Houston. And you look at what the Roughnecks did defensively against Seattle, which we've both discussed before. Seattle might have the best offense in the league. And Seattle's offense was not great. The reason they won that game was because of their defense, not the offense at all. Um, so I think defensively, Houston is still right there, probably second best in the league defensively, at least top three. Um, but offensively, you you could be onto something with that for sure. Yeah. Um, and now back to our regularly scheduled pro- program. I can talk. Uh, no, DC Defenders, you're. They went into St. Louis's big, big, big house, and yeah. you know, for most of the game, shut them down. So that run game is super scary. That offensive line's probably the best in the league. That yeah. defense is definitely the best in the league. Uh, Tayamu is at the very least being safe with the football. I don't think he's had a turnover in two it's, or three it's weeks. It's been yeah, it's been a minute. So um, they're just playing very efficient, very stop us, I dare you football. Um, yeah. and I don't know whose defense is going to Seattle's maybe what, if they get to play this year, I don't think they've played yet, but yeah, they played week, they played week one and a close game, 22 to 18. It was super close, but yep. 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 Well, let's I just uh... don't see who's stopping DC. I'm with you. I think, I mean, I think St. Louis has a good I say St. Louis has a good chance. They've already played twice. I think that they play Seattle again, don't they? Uh, they should. I think we just talked about it. Seattle and DC. Uh, no, they're different uh, conferences. Are they? No, they're not. No. no. Week eight. Week eight. Week eight at Seattle. All right, so that that will be, I think, probably the next big test for DC. Um, actually, this week too. This week, uh, the Roughnecks might stop DC this week, and then Seattle in week eight if it doesn't happen this week. Well, you're you're getting ahead of. I am with it. getting ahead. I mean, we can skip the jingle. No, 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 no. Let's. <laughs> we're halfway through. Five weeks into this thing, let's put week five in the rear view and turn our attention to week six. And I say it's time! We get picky with it, man. Nah, 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 let's get picky with it. Nah, 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 let's get picky with it. <laughs> oh, man. I knew you'd know that one. <laughs> Starting us off on Saturday at 1 p.m. over on ABC, we have the Seattle Sea Dragons heading on down to Orlando to take on the garbage team of the league, the Orlando Guardians. Uh, on the road in Orlando, Seattle are eight and a half point favorites. Might as well bump that line up to 15 because this Guardians team is stinky poo-poo and is going to lose and is probably going to lose big. I don't care uh, if they almost snuck out a win against the Vipers. They still lost and they're going to lose again. They're going to go 0-6. Garbage. Sea Dragons getting the win. Who you got, man? Yeah, um, I'm definitely with you there. Seattle, like... 
even no matter who they put in a quarterback, like Dormati had like a weirdly good game against the Vipers. Doesn't matter. I with the Sea Dragons emerging as either the second or third best defense in the league. I just don't see him making a huge difference. I don't hopefully the offense can figure out whatever issues they were having and Danucci has himself a game to remind people that he could be the MVP of this league. Probably won't um, be. <laughs> he might be. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> um, it could this could be a slaughter. Um, yeah. yeah it, my, could, my, it could get ugly real quick. <laughs> real quick. If you guys uh, want to witness like a murder, yeah. then... Yeah, go to this game. Six bucks. Tickets are as low as six bucks. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll throw six bucks to watch an absolute <laughs> smackdown. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I think that's the lowest ticket cost of the season so far, and it's like that's how bad Orlando is, and that's how bad they need fans to show up there. If there even yeah. are any fans in Orlando, if you live in Orlando, just pick a different team. Like I do. Why? I why bother? He said. I can't remember if he said he was going this week or next week. I do have a friend, Nick, who lives in Orlando. I know he listens to our disc golf. I don't know if he listens to XFL, but I mean, listen, it, um, it'd be fun. It'd be like I want to go to an XFL game, preferably a DC XFL game, just because that crowd is amazing. Uh, but I would go to any of them. I went to one AAF game four years ago. Whenever that league kind of kicked off this whole spring league um, ordeal, and it was a good time. It was an absolute murder, but it was a good time. The the, <laughs> San, the San Antonio Commanders, I think, is what they what they were called, um, like absolutely destroyed the Atlanta Legends. Uh, but it was it was fun. It was a good time. I, I liked it. Um, and I want to say, I want to say, Brandon Silvers might have been the quarterback for the Commanders then. Um, I gotta look that up. I think. I think that might have happened. I'll look it up while you are talking about the next game, which is at 7 p.m. on FX. This is the second cheapest game of the weekend because it features the second stinky poo poo team of the league. We have the St. Louis Battlehawks heading out to Vegas to take on the Vegas Vipers at that god awful stadium that is called Cashman Field. You can go to this game for $11 if you want. Uh, St. Louis are favored by three points on the road. Uh, again, you could bump that up to 10 or 15, and I think Ballhawks probably still cover because the Vipers are that bad. However, the Vipers, Vipers offense could make it interesting. I think the I think the offense is decent. The defense is trash, um, but Luis Perez, solid quarterback. Brett Hundley looked solid at times. So maybe maybe the Vipers can can put up some points, make it interesting. Uh, but I'm still going with St. Louis. Uh, who you got, man? Yeah, I would say the Vipers do tend to keep games closer than the Guardians did. So um, I'm also taking the Battlehawks because I'm not an idiot. I I didn't realize how bad that stadium was until you mentioned it last week. and. Being able, like, imagine being a football player and, like, being used to crowds and stuff, and you score a touchdown, and you're like, oh, yeah, I got fans over here. Like, let me go give them a hype. Nope, they're not there. There's no fans in... Terrible stadium. I don't know if it's both end zones or just one, but there's definitely one end zone that just is just a wall. Yeah, yeah, it was, (laughs) like I said, it's, it's, 
it's made on an on a baseball field. And I want to say it was like a minor league baseball field, so it can't even hold that many people. And so you have basically where the you know first base to third base L shape would be is where they have fans. And the rest of it is where the outfield would be, and it's just a wall. They just put a wall there because, hey, let's make lemons out of or lemonade out of nothing uh, because that's what we got to work with here. Uh, we, we decided to put a team in Vegas without thinking ahead and thinking, hey, where do they have actual good football fields that we could use? Oh, not Vegas. Let's let's throw a team there. Stupid, stupid decision. I hate it. Oh. I'm going to talk crap on it every single time there's a home game in Vegas. It's garbage to watch. It's terrible for the league. And and you're drawing the worst attendance because, one, it's a bad facility, and two, you have a bum team. I think even if this team was good, they still wouldn't be drawing that, that much more than they are because it's Vegas. It's Vegas. Yeah. Who cares? It's dumb. Yeah. Um. God, I had another point. I can't remember now. Oh yeah, Sorry. all of the all of the lemons, all the lemons are in DC, so that's why they didn't <laughs> yeah. have. Yeah, they couldn't is. make lemonade. Um, <laughs> no, um, yeah, I'm still gonna roll with the Battle Hawks. I do think the Vipers could make it interesting, and I do feel like the Battle Hawks are turnover prone at times. Yeah, but uh, I still think the Battle Hawks will. I think the they'll enjoy a little peace and quiet after being in their stadium for two straight weeks. Because they they didn't seem like they wanted to be there last week, so yeah, yeah. <sighs> um, just for the record, going back to what I said, it was Logan Woodside that was the quarterback for the San Antonio Commanders, um, and that box score for that game was thirty-seven to six. That was the game that I got to see was the Commanders racking up thirty-seven points the Atlanta Legends six points, but that was four years ago. <laughs> Nobody cares about it anymore. On to the XFL. Um, uh, s- go ahead. Uh, I, I, you paused, so I was going to do it for you, and I was like, wait, I don't have the line. Okay. Oh, no, I got you. <laughs> on to Sunday at 3 p.m. over on ABC, we have the San Antonio Brahmas heading into Arlington to take on the Arlington Renegades. Currently at home, the Renegades are three point favorites and i don't know how to feel about this um because i do not believe in this renegades team however i have lost a lot of faith in this brahma's team Uh, and i don't man i just mm, i don't know what to do about this i don't know what to do (laughs) i'm 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 hitting a wall here as to who to pick um I listen. I I'll, I'll do mine first if it helps you. I gave the Brahmas my ultimatum last week, and they failed me. I did not realize when I gave that ultimatum that they would get a rematch the very next week. Yeah, but that still stands. If they want to earn my respect back, they have to beat the Renegades this week. But I am off the Brahma train, the Brahma Bull train. I don't know if it's a curse because they have the Rocks logo on all of the XFL uniforms. I don't know if you've noticed that. Yeah, I've seen But it. the Rocks Brahma freaking yeah. bowl is on the back of all of their uniforms. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, we know the Rock owns it, but whatever, whatever. Yeah. The point is, sorry, Brahmas. You got to earn my respect back. So I'm picking, I'm just going to do it as picking Kyle Sloter because I like Kyle Sloter. 
Um, so I'm picking Kyle Slaughter to win. It's just, man, it's tough because it's not even like the Brahmas got annihilated a week ago. You know, like they, it was a two point game, I believe. I believe the box score was 12 to 10. Yeah, they fumbled the bag at the end. They were up 12, no, they were up 10 to 6 in the fourth quarter. And then the Renegades were able to score at the last minute. And then I think Cone threw an interception or fumbled it. I don't know. Yeah, he did. He did. I'm going with the Brahmas. I, I don't like it. But I think I'd like picking the Brahmas more than I would like picking the Renegades. I, it's just two, it's two mid teams, man. Like they're just. All right, just, Brahmas, just, just give me Santo. Look me in just the give eyes. Me look me in the eyes again. You've already lost me. Okay, if you lose to the Renegades again, <laughs> you lose the whole podcast. <laughs> That's two for two. That's, okay. that's exactly what's going to happen. I mean, if San Antonio loses to the Renegades again, I might legitimately place the eighth in power rankings. We both like San Antonio. He's a Texas boy. <laughs> it my might, wife is my wife is from San Antonio. It, like, it might happen. We want you. We want you to succeed so bad, but you have to like try. It, okay? it might, I'm serious, it might legitimately happen that I put them in 8th if they lose to the Brahma, or to the Renegades twice in back-to-back weeks. Because that's, that's how that's how low I think of the Renegades. If, I just don't think they're happens, good. If that happens and the Guardians somehow keep it close with the Sea Dragons, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. Drop them. Yeah. It might, it might happen. They'll make me take off my glasses again. Let's get to some good football. Because that's what we're going to see on Monday night. I think this is the first Monday night football game of the XFL season. And I am hyped for this one. It's at Audi Field in D.C. We have the Houston Roughnecks hitting the road and heading up to D.C. to take on the 5-0 undefeated D.C. defenders. The Roughnecks at one point were also undefeated. And then that came to a screeching halt last week. The hands of the Seattle Dragons. Can they... Do the same to the D.C. Defenders on Monday night at 7 p.m. over on ESPN2. This is going to be a fun one. And tickets are as low as $22. What are you doing, D.C.? Go fill that stadium. Go toss some lemons on that field. And go drink some beer and add to the beer snake. I'm rolling with D.C. in this one. Two and a half point favorites. Uh, I'm, i I got to go with him, actually. I'm going to stick with that. I'm going with the finish. I initially wrote down Roughnecks, and then I talked Ooh. myself and I talked myself into D.C. by hyping myself up. I'm going with that. i got to <laughs> stick with them. They're my team. I think they're, I like, as much as I don't like the one-sidedness of, of their offense, that defense is incredible, and they're getting it done with the run game. So how, why, like, how can I com- complain about that? If you're getting it done and you're winning, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Why pass if you ain't got to? So, let's go. Let Give me DC all day, Monday night. Who you got, man? I'm trying to see real quick. And again, their first few games were against not great teams. Uh, defense. That's right. They don't have yard stats. Um, yeah, they don't. If there's one defense that can maybe force the defenders to throw the ball. I feel like it's the Roughnecks. I do too. I'm with you on that. So, 
And again, this right, this is why this is why initially I did write down in my notes Roughnecks over Defenders, and then I got way too hyped on the intro there, and it would it just it would have felt wrong to pick the Roughnecks after saying everything. So I'm 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 going with it. I'm just rolling with yep. it. I I think I think this is going to be a defensive battle, and I think both teams are going to be forced to throw the ball, and at the end of the day. I give that edge to the Roughnecks and Silvers. So I'm going to make it interesting, have some different picks this week, and take the Roughnecks upsetting the DC Defenders at home and uh, defeating the Beer Snake. So I know I know what you were trying to find out. You were trying to find out the rush yards allowed that Houston, is that correct? Yeah. Okay, so in week one, they allowed 78 to Orlando. Um, in week two, they allowed uh, 43 to the Arlington Renegades. In week three, they allowed 98 to the San Antonio Brahmas. In week four, they played the Guardians again and allowed 82 to uh, the Orlando Guardians. And I believe... They just allowed 88 to the Seattle Sea Dragons. So I don't think they've allowed... They haven't allowed a single team to rush for more than 100 yards against them, which is... That's no. that's pretty impressive um, just from a defensive standpoint. But you're talking about a team that just racked up like 250 yards on the ground um, against a, a, like a good Battlehawks team. Not like... This Battlehawks defense is solid, and they just ran all over them. So... I think this is going to be the biggest test for both teams. Um, yeah, We'll see just how good this Houston Roughnecks defense really is. And then we'll also see how good this DC offense is if, in fact, they do get stopped um, rushing it, if they can make something happen in the passing game, uh, which I don't see that working out. But we'll see. I, I think this, this is... Probably the game I'm most excited about. Um, I mean, definitely the game I'm most excited about of the weekend. Maybe the one I've been most excited about all season. Um, just because these two teams are so much fun to watch and so good when they're playing good. Um, and so I'm excited, man. I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good. Yeah. I will uh, watch as much of the game as I can before <clears throat> it's a Monday night. So I have... Uh... Nerd time, Dungeons and Dragons, where there you go. my character is currently a giant eagle. So, <laughs> uh, hey man, stuff happens in D anD. d At one minute, I was a, a a dragon person, and then I was a then I was a giant eagle. So that's the way. That's the way it goes. Sometimes the way it goes. <laughs> it's a good thing. I like being an eagle. It's a much simpler life. <laughs> Fly like an eagle. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, we certainly appreciate certainly appreciate uh, all of you tuning in. However, you're doing so, uh, supporting us in whatever form or fashion you're doing it. If you're watching us on YouTube right now, hey, click that subscribe button. You'll be notified every single time that we go live. Uh, if you're listening to us on Apple, Spotify, Google pandora however you're consuming your podcast we appreciate it we thank you uh if you could leave us a little rating maybe leave us a little review tell people how how 
you know, what, what you think of the show. Uh, be honest. You can be honest. If we're garbage, tell us. We're garbage. We know. Uh, but, you know, a little reassurance goes a long way. Well, so, if we're garbage, still rate us five stars, but then also just message us directly <laughs> and tell and say that you lied yeah, for us. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, but, yeah, we love and appreciate y'all uh, for all the support. We have socials that we don't use, so do what you, do what you will with that information. Uh, we do have Discord. Come hop into the Discord. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but other than that, I think that's that. Ciao.